0: Welcome back to Redbird Report. As always, I am your host, Scott Prerost, and with me I have my sports editor, Reed Watkins. Uh, we had a busy, busy week behind us for you, didn't we? We really did, yeah. Plenty of sports
1: and the National Signing Day, essentially a holiday for us. So, um, like you said, a lot of
0: busy, busy stuff going on, but it was a good time, for sure. Yeah, before we dive into uh, some of those signings that we talked about, uh, we'll recap. A, like I said, a busy week behind us um, with football, volleyball, and the men's and women's basketball teams. We'll kick it off with ISU football, thirty-six, thirty-five win over Missouri State to move to three and three in the Missouri Valley Conference and five and four overall. Um, a controversial. Final drive. Um, I was unable, obviously, to be there. um, But there was a fourth down play that was initially called short um, that they ended up overturning and continuing the Redbirds drive. And then there was the two-point conversion for Wanker's right. um, Wide open. He caught it. It Looks like he took the two steps, turned, stretched over the pylon, which, in my opinion, I don't know that he necessarily needed to stretch over the pylon. He was pretty clearly going to be in bounds. Ball comes out. On the field, it's ruled an incomplete pass. They take it to the booth and overturn that one too. Redbirds take the lead 36-35 and hold on for Brock Speck's 100th win with the Redbirds. Congratulations to Coach Speck for that. Um, but really just a must-win game for the Redbirds there. We talk likely the odds are they're not getting in with seven wins when you have that loss to Eastern Illinois, but you're definitely not getting in with six wins. So you just keep winning. Anything can happen. I mean, Coach Speck keeps talking about it. Um he he mentioned, I think it was last week in the press conference, he said, in his opinion, and I don't know if I would fully agree with this, but he said, basically, if you're in the Missouri Valley Conference and you have an above 500 record, you should be in the FCS playoff hmm. because mm. it's easily the toughest conference. And, I mean, when you look at, you can say it's an opinion, but when you look at who's making the playoffs, who's winning every year, the mm-hmm. best teams, it's always the Missouri Valley Football Conference. So yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. Yeah, I I get what he's saying, but no, like I said, it's just at this point, it's take it one game at a time, win what you can, win, control what you can control. Um, and now they got a big game ahead against Murray State. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, Annex said still questionable, I believe, but it doesn't look like he's gonna play. I don't um, think so. I'm guessing it's a pretty severe knee injury. Man, um, came out of that game, obviously never came back in, and then. Uh, he hasn't practiced all week, and he's been around. He's been on crutches, I believe. Um, but I, when we had our press conference Tuesday, they said they would know more later in the week because they were still going through the tests.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, just sucks to see for anyone. But Anik said's a guy who's such a leader. He has aspirations of playing pro football. Just, yeah, that's a tough one. That's really tough. So, um, yeah, I mean... Luckily, at least you do have Rittenhouse and a little bit of experience there too, because he started the last three games. Of the it was season about this time last year that he, right. you know, took over and had some up and down performances, but overall he's looked solid. And then in spring through the summer, I think he's looked pretty solid as a backup option. Um, so it's not like you lose everything. Um, I wonder if the playbook will be, you know, limited a little bit with the things NXT is able to do, and I mean, that is a playbook that was tailored exactly to Anakstead, especially in year two, so I'm curious to see what options they'll have in terms of play calling from Tony
0: Peterson's offense. Yeah, it's a different it's a different type of quarterback. He's a far more mobile quarterback, not mm-hmm. to say Anikstead can't run, but Rittenhouse more favors his legs than his arm from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that can change, um, but in the few um, opportunities he's had this year with the offense, it's a similar offense in that You're quick. Um, It's a lot of RPOs, but it's like it's an RPO with an option on the run as well. So it's not just are you running or throwing. It's if you're not throwing, you could run it or pull it and run it yourself. It's a little, like I said, it's a little more versatile with that offense. Um, But no, I mean, like I said, he has the experience. He started three games last year, got some time this year now, um, and he knows what he needs to do. Murray State is a winnable game, definitely. But if you come into the game knowing that it's a winnable gamer. Under the assumption that it's a winnable game, then you're going to have a tough time because Murray State's given some teams some trouble. I mean, they beat Indiana State, and Indiana State's not a great team, but Indiana State's given trouble to a lot of good teams in this conference. Um, I think they lost by seven to Missouri State. Um, so they they play some teams hard. Um, got a solid quarterback, a really good tight end. Um, but, no, I think uh, I think it's it's a good chance for Tommy to maybe get a little experience because... Barring an incoming transfer, Rittenhouse is likely running the offense next year, I would think. Yeah, I don't know. Because um, he's he's quarterback two right now. I don't—I'd have to double-check their freshman class, incoming class. I don't know if there's a quarterback that might have the capabilities of jumping in as a true freshman, which is always a tough thing to do. Um, otherwise, a transfer is your other bet. And, I mean— I think Rittenhouse brings a lot to the table that you like, and it's just a matter of tailoring. Like you mentioned, this offense is tailored towards Zach Anikstad. Can you create an offense tailored towards Tommy Rittenhouse?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I have gotten the sense that there is a quarterback in waiting You know, scenario, um, not to bring anything away from what Rittenhouse is capable right. of, but it doesn't seem like that's the commitment this team has made, and it would be silly to make a commitment at this point right. in the season, but it just doesn't seem how that's projecting right now. And of course, they do have Mason Kaplan. I believe right. is the third string right now. Right, and he has Division One you know, Pioneer League football experience, but Division One football experience at Valparaiso. So, yeah, I think there could be um, some good quarterback competition next year. But obviously, the focus has to be on
0: Murray State in North Dakota. Yeah, definitely a lot to look forward to there. Um, like I said, eleven a.m. Saturday. Uh, The Racers will come into Hancock Stadium for the Redbirds' final home game of the season uh, as they look to clinch yet another winning season under head coach Brock's back. We'll move on to volleyball. Um, Another tough 0-2 weekend an even tougher weekend when the news that you broke yesterday, Reed, um, Hannah Reikensberger out for the year with a torn ACL. Um, Reagan Haith comes back at the perfect time, it feels like. (laughs) But losing Hannah is obviously a massive loss.
1: Yeah. um, Just looking at that UIC match on Friday, if a team has ever deserved a free pass, I would say that's it. I mean, they were up 24, 23, or 22 when Reikensperger went down, and it just felt wrong to even keep playing the way – the emotion in the arena changed after that. And it's just such a tough thing to see because she's such a leader for the team, um, not only in her production, but in her um, mentality and, you know, attitude that, yeah, it just hurts to lose someone like that. Um, So obviously you have to, that night, you have to play without a second middle blocker, which is just, (laughs) <laughs> such a challenge I mean that there's not really a great way to do it and then luckily you know Haith is cleared on Saturday morning um but then she comes back she plays well but you have people in unfamiliar positions and um it just takes a while to get used to the differences made and they took that first set against Valpo and it looked like they were going to be rolling to a win um mm-hmm but obviously Valpo just kind of started clicking and took advantage of any miscues ISU had, and um, you go 0-2 that weekend. So it's not something I'm really interested in holding against this team that 0-2 weekend um, with everything that happened because, like I said, just such a challenge to move on from that. Um, So, yeah, I think this is the weekend that we'll see, can they come back and play the volleyball they were capable of playing on that 9-0 win streak they had um they're playing against two teams that they have not seen this year in southern illinois and missouri state and they're both huge matches for seeding. if they win out it looks like they can take the three seed in the mvc tournament which is i mean just seeding matters so much because if you the longer you can avoid playing drake in northern iowa again the better um so even making the tournament as an eight or seven seed obviously you get a chance to advance um but then you have a meeting with you and i or drake in the semifinals. so definitely want to secure a third or fourth seed um for your best chance in the tournament
0: yeah like like you mentioned i think it's gonna be really interesting to see how this team responds to that injury for hannah um sometimes it helps a team because it just gives them motivation like do this for her or whatever Mm -hmm. and sometimes it hurts because it's just such a distraction sometimes and it's I think this team's the type of team that can avoid letting it be a distraction letting it hurt their play in terms of like I said just being a mental thing but like you said Reagan Hayes coming back at the perfect time um but this is just a big weekend um a couple big matches you don't want to fall any farther than you have um you only want to climb at this point um, and, like you said, just avoid playing Drake and you and I as long as possible because those are some very good volleyball teams right there, yeah. Um, um I just want to add, like, obviously,
1: um, w- we almost forgot how good Reagan Haith right. was. I feel like because she was out since September third. Um, we almost forgot how good she was. And the fact that she' was able to come back and have nine blocks, eight kills in her first game back in two months is just crazy and uh, a testament to everything she's been doing to get back and to stay locked in on this season um, which isn't easy when you're out with an injury that you don't think I think it was a stress factor in her foot like you don't think that's going to take so long to get back from and there's no real timeline for it so yeah testament to Reagan Haith and then also Cassie Jordan what a senior season she yeah. has had playing I mean this just isn't how is it was supposed to go you know she was supposed to be um, she started the year behind Reikensperger and Haith, and now she is in a, a couple different ways just starting and filling in, but doing so much more than that and really excelling in her senior year. Obviously, she talked about, like, it's not how you picture it, but she has stepped up been ready when she was called on and um, just given this team a chance to compete this year.
0: Yeah, this has really been a year of players stepping up in a big way, um, which is good for this team. It's a really young program still in terms of the core of their roster, I would say, a young staff, um, and I'm excited to see what they're able to do um, these last this last week and a half, and then heading into the Missouri Valley Conference tournament um, in two weeks. Um, I think that's it for volleyball, mm-hmm. and we'll move on to the basketball teams, starting with men's basketball. Um, they won at home um, against NAIA Lords, 75 to 56. No Kendall Lewis. Um, he. Forgot The way it was described to us is he forgot to fill out the required papers in order to participate in a summer league game um, this past summer. So he had to sit out of a game. Um, And then Chase Walker, um, you talked to Coach Pete, and they wrote that story as well. Um, It's looking more and more like he's going to redshirt this year. Um, There's just – and it's not a knock on his talent. It's just – Looking at how this roster is built, you want to maximize his eligibility. So giving him this redshirt year, then giving him four full years where he can be hundred percent healthy um, or as healthy as possible is probably the best move for this team. Um, and that's kind of what Peaton talked about in the press conference post game, um, and that's why they're doing it. But they have the fours I think to step up. Miles Foster looked really good. Brandon Lieb starting to stretch the floor, and that's something Kendall Lewis will you'll see him do this year as well. While also being a great defender. Um, I don't believe Haruna Sissoko has dressed yet this year, oh. um, and then Ryan Schmidt as well. Those are your forwards, and then the guard play has just been really good this year as well um, across the board. So a good start. Granted, like you mentioned, you went from Division Three, now you're into NAIA Lords, and now you're jumping into a, a pretty solid Division One program in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, let's go back for just a second um, about the Lords game because all summer— Since it was announced, I was like, okay, this is the exhibition. No, it's a regular season game. And you kind of wonder, why are they playing Lords. Well, if you think about that Kendall Lewis thing we talked about, you know he has to miss a game, and you find that out. I mean, obviously you know that earlier than we knew that as the team, as the program. Why not bring in a game against an NIA? An AIA opponent where you can probably handle them without Kendall Lewis if you know he has to miss a game um, early in the year because of this. Really, it's a non issue, but obviously he has to sit out a game. It might have just been a genius move by the coaching staff.
0: The more you bring it up, the more I think there's a very real possibility that that is the case.
1: Right. And so I think we have our answer. In my mind, obviously, this is not confirmed. This is just a working theory. But in my mind, I think that's why you bring Lords in. So you don't – I mean, Peden talked about how you don't want to coach many games without Kendall Lewis. You know, if you have to do it, why not face Lords instead of, you know, bringing in someone like St. Louis for your first game of the season when you know you're not going to have one of your best players. So that's just my two cents on the issue. Not issue, but on the topic. Um, But like you were talking about with Walker – As long as you can keep him around and keep him interested, um, I think this could be a great move for them, and I think it could pay off. Um, But like I said, you have to keep him around, and that's the thing in college basketball these days is that nothing is guaranteed with how long someone stays with the program. The positive thing about that is that it seems like he is completely on board with this.
0: The way Peden described it, it sounds like he, his family— and Peden are all exactly on the same page that this is the best move for his career.
1: Exactly. So I like that he's going to continue to dress, it seems like. At least he dressed on Monday. I like that he's going to be able to stay there um, and be ready if, you know, if Sissoko, maybe his injury drags on a little longer. Um, if someone else goes down, you have Chase Walker, who I think can contribute immediately as a yes. freshman. Um, yeah, you have him there but this could be the best thing for him long-term. And if they can get five years of Chase Walker, I think that is really good for the program,
0: and it's going to be exciting to see what he can do with a year to get acclimated. Yeah, um, the young guys are really stepping up this year, and the newcomers as a whole. Dalton Banks looked really good against Lords, um, running that true point guard role mm. that the Redbirds need. Um, they kind of lacked it last year. Um, now they have it. Um, they're getting some solid production across the board. Uh, Darius Burford had a— had an iffy game, um, and Pete talked about that. He had 12 points, but he had no assists in five turnovers, and he mentioned like you're not going to have that every game from Darius Burford. Um, but, no, I. it's a good start, like I said. It's just an NAIA team. Your defense looked really good. Your offense was iffy at times, I would say. Um, kind of knocked down that three-point shot to help boost you um, end of the first half, early second half, to kind of get the gap that you needed. Um, but now, you, like I said, you have a tough St. Louis team here at their home court going to be interesting to see kind of how they adjust kendall lewis is going to be ready to go you have your pretty much what the roster that you expected to have coming into the year now so what are you going to do with it um big game ahead no question and you'll be there right reed that's right i
1: um will be at volleyball tonight at southern illinois i'm leaving right after this to go there and then um men's basketball saturday at st louis i'm very excited for this weekend of redbird
0: sports yeah it's gonna be a good time that's at 7 p.m. Saturday, like I said. And then their next game, we may or may not have recorded the next podcast by the time they play their next game, um, Eastern Illinois, next Wednesday, 7 p.m. at home. We'll move on to the final recap of the weekend, um, ISU Women's Basketball. Um. Wow. What a a start to the season for them. Uh, The first game, obviously, an exhibition. You put up 94. You're like, wow, that offense looked great. And then you go into Omaha, a team that played in the Summit League Championship last year. It was a 500 team, I believe, last year. Nothing crazy. And you beat them by 46 points on their home court. You put up 105 points. It's your most points um, in 17 years when they broke. uh, They got 101 against... um, Eastern Illinois, I believe that was actually at Eastern Illinois. So for some reason, they're really good on the road with this, these scoring things. Um, but no, the team just looked really balanced. Um, Maya Wong had, I believe, it was 13 in the first quarter, and then she scored four more in the second quarter, and then didn't score the rest of the game. Deanna Wilson took over the third quarter. She finished with 19. Caroline weight had 17. So those three combined had 53 points. So that's over half their points. Um, you had Savannah McGowan um, at 12, Deja Smith at 11. Like You're getting contributions across the board there. Um, and then the name I do not want to overlook, Kate Bowman only had four mm. points, but she had 12 rebounds, four assists, um, two steals, and they have her listed as zero blocks in the stat sheet but there have been multiple people upset because it seems like Kate Bowman gets taken away blocks whenever they're on the road. It seems like they, (laughs) for some reason, miss the block, and I think some people um, thought she had maybe a block or two more, but regardless, the impact that Kate Bowman has on the game outside of scoring the basketball is exactly what this team is going to need from her Mm -hmm. this year. Um, That's what she did last year. That's what she did the year before when she was an all-defensive player. Um, It's a huge piece of this team, but just seeing... Everyone produce, um, all these freshmen, all the newcomers, all the returners, everyone seems to be molding. And we said, like, this isn't going to look like a playoff team early. And I know it's one game, but when your offense looks like that, game one of the year, that's a pretty good sight.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's be very clear that, I mean, they played a D3. You go up to play a D1 in the Summit League. I mean, it's not the most notable conference but it's the Summit league it's you're on their home court and to put up 105 beat them by 46 it's just Ridiculous. insane from a D1 playing a D1 i mean if you don't look into it you might write this off as oh they went and played another you know D3 an NAIA D2 this, this is a division 1 team
0: this is no pushover
1: yeah they they rolled them to be very real 32 to 10 in the first quarter um yeah i just Wow, this team looks good. Let's be real. I mean, that Maya Wong Caroline Wait, Abby Alzma backcourt is gonna be exciting all season Deja I think Deja
0: Smith's gonna be really good off the bench. I think it's gonna be the role that she like you had talked about. It, I think that's gonna be the role she's gonna thrive in because I think I don't think you can take out any of Maya Caroline or Abby because the thing is Abby only had seven points, but it's the same thing as Kate. Abby mm-hmm. is a very good defensive guard. I think mean, mm-hmm. Maya's a very good defensive guard as well. But Abby, with what she brings offensively and defensively, it's hard for you to bring her off the court. I think she's played the most minutes um, in each game, the exhibition and now this one. Mm. So it, you can't really change. I think you roll with what you have until if it's not broken, don't fix it. Absolutely. I completely agree. I'm
1: really excited to see what that trio of guards, and obviously Smith's going to come off the bench and be really good. I mean, she played on the stat sheets; She played more minutes than weight, Um but you can't really evaluate that in a – blow out like this um so I'm excited to see what happens when we get to a tight game and see how the minutes are distributed um I don't really want to evaluate too much until we see that um
0: just ride the hot hand at that point probably. exactly
1: yeah but obviously very excited for this guard depth but um, let's not forget Deanna Wilson hit another
0: three-pointer um right, right. <laughs> she's two for three on the year. Well. She's one for two on the year, I guess, because now we're in the regular season. Right. But she also hit one, if you uh, don't remember, in that exhibition game. Six for six on the foul line, too. That can't go. That's a great number to see. Yep. The only other player I do want to recognize, Savannah McGowan, like I said, 12 points, six rebounds, off the bench. That is going to be massive for this team. Last year, that was probably this team's biggest issue, is that Deanna Wilson and Kate Bowman got into foul trouble, and you had nothing you could do because the depth just wasn't there. I mean, you had Deshaun Wright Gaskins. Um, but she was she's an athlete and she plays tough, but she just doesn't have the size. No. Um, and then um, Jasmine Guinness Taylor was out essentially the entire year, so you just mm-hmm. you just lacked that forward depth. Um, it's gonna be interesting. Um, she's gonna need to step up in a big way off the bench. Um, she only played ten minutes. I could see that role growing as the season goes mm-hmm. on. Well. Most of these roles are going to grow. I think Daniel Wilson was averaging about 30 minutes a game last year. It's still early, so you're going to see. And like I said, like you mentioned, it's a blowout, so don't look too much into those minutes. Um, but no, I I don't know if you can ask for a much better start from this team. I mean, 59 points allowed and 105 points scored is just a ridiculous start for this team. No question. Taylor Veach got in. That's good to see. She's been yeah, battling Taylor the Yeah, Taylor Veach, Lexi Bowles, um, a couple players at the past – Taylor Beach missed all of – I think they might have both missed all of last year. Yeah. So it's good to see them get some minutes on the court as well. Um, Lauren Cohen, um, Shannon Dowell, Molly Lenz, all these youngsters and returners who maybe weren't getting the minutes that they hoped to last year, kind of making an early impact with the team. Good to see. Um, They have one more game before they have their regular season home debut, Saturday at noon. Um, They will travel to Green Bay, Wisconsin – um, make sure to follow along for live updates of that game as well. Um, I think that's it for women's basketball. We have one more thing we want to talk about. Um, like we mentioned, um, two days ago was National Signing Day. Kind of filtered into yesterday as well with a few more signings there as well. Um, the Redbirds signed 42 athletes as a whole um, and we'll start just looking at, uh, Reed, I know you had a chance to talk to a couple of the uh, the volleyball commits and the coaches about those volleyball commits.
1: Right, yeah. I, I do want to just say to start off this little segment on signing day, shout out to all of the compliance yes. people, shout out to the communication staff and the graphic designers, oh my goodness. Like, you can't undervalue everything that's being done in an athletic department at ISU, but across the country To make stuff like this happen, it's just insane to me. Like, so much work goes into this from everyone, and I'm very grateful for all that they do that allows us to do what we do. Yes. So with that being said, I yeah, I've had the chance to talk to three um, of the volleyball signees and obviously got to talk to uh, head coach Allie Matters, assistant coach, recruiting coordinator, Matt DePau DePau about them on – Um, Tuesday. So, Tuesday was the day? National signing day? It was on National Signing Day. Wednesday. So, yeah. Um, On National Signing Day, I got to talk to them. And um, once everyone was signed, they broke down all these commitments. Very exciting. Um, I think it was Guest who was announced the next day, Kennedy Guest. Um, So, we talked then and just very excited about this class. I think she is going to be the one that right away just stands out, um, with how special of an athlete she's going to be. Um, but that goes with all of these athletes. I think um Lily Croshaw and Ruth Ziegler are six three, six three. Kennedy Guest is six two. They brought in some they just call them the bigs, you know, like very big humans. Like they are going to be um very exciting to see in Redbird jerseys. Um that doesn't dismiss any of the other players. They brought in um Olivia Birel, Lauren Salata, and Olivia Cap- Capita out of Poland, the first international commit um, or signee from this coaching staff. So a lot to be excited about um, for Redbird Volleyball in the coming year and then years after they get on campus. So um, definitely a lot to be excited about for Redbird Volleyball. We got to talk to um, one of the men's basketball recruits in Jack Dottery. Daughtry, um, I'm excited to see what he can bring.
0: Yeah, a little bit of size, a little bit of build there, um, filling roles that are going to be empty here um, or losing some of it because you're losing Kendall Lewis, um, obviously this next year, um, and then you got the point guard and Cade Norris as well, um, a really, really talented point guard there, doing a little bit of everything, 25 and five essentially was the stat line. Um, a year ago, I mean, he had offers from some other Division I programs Bright State, Ball State, Winthrop, Lipscomb. Those are some solid programs that, and he chose the Redbirds yeah. above. And I just, the one thing I want to mention with this men's basketball recruits and going forward as well is when Ryan Peden came in, everyone talked about his strength. At Ohio State, he was the guy that recruited. That's what he did. And now he, everyone talked, like, you're in the heart of Illinois, you have Chicago, you have St. Louis, like, you, ha- you have the ability to recruit, and he has not missed a beat. The recruits that he's gotten um, have been really high level, he continues to do it, and I think uh, going forward it's going to be really exciting to see, but no, yeah, like you said, I mean, Jack Dougherty and then Cade Norris both are going to be big parts of this program going forward. Dougherty, um, like I mentioned, Cade Norris, 25-5, and five, and then Dougherty's at 17-8, um, and eight. so... Yeah, really solid numbers across the board there. Sat lines are just insane, um,
1: especially from Norris. I mean, you bring in a guard like that. I've seen him listed between 6'2 and 6'5, so we'll see when he gets on campus, I guess. But um, then Daugherty is like, Such a shooter that it's really impressive. Peden said at 6'8", he shoots the ball as well as anyone we've evaluated in this class.
0: 43% on 200. And it's not just on like 20, 30 tries. It's
1: 245 three-point tries. It's pretty amazing. And that's the thing is Ryan Peden likes talented forwards. You can't just have size. um, You have to have skill. And that's what we're seeing um, in this class and from a lot of the guys he's brought in.
0: Yeah, the last recruits that we had a chance to kind of get to know a little bit and hear from in terms of um, the coaches talking about them as well, um, ISU women's basketball, um, Grace Nelson and Trista Feta, I believe is how you pronounce it. A couple really talented guards. Um, Trista Feta, I believe, has a chance to win her fourth straight state championship coming up this next year. Um, she averaged, I think it was like, what would we say, nine points in. Um, eight rebounds as a sophomore and the shooting like 40 percent from three as or well. is that a fensky oh that's i'm sorry i'm getting a mix up jordan fensky um there's commitments commit. trista feta grace nelson are the signings um but no yeah grace Nel- nelson and trista feta just fast talented guards those are the two big things um and then winning like i said that kristen gillespie talked about um in some videos released by the uh, the program earlier this week
1: yeah no question um they're just, I think you're seeing this program grow and bring in more and more high-profile uh, commits and signees, like you mentioned. Um, you have FATA's stat line in there, courtesy of Wisconsin Sports Network, 17 points on 55% shooting, 43, almost 44% from three. I mean, that's really impressive. I think this, the guards specifically that they brought in, You're going to need to find a way to fill in those forward spots with Deanna Wilson leaving. You have Savannah McGowan as a freshman right now, which is huge. But, um, yeah, the guards they are bringing into this program are just continuing the legacy that we've seen starting at least with Juju Redman. I mean, you can go back as long as you want, but Paige Robinson, Mary Crompton, you have that trio we just talked about. The guard play at, in Redbird women's basketball is outstanding, and I think we're going to see that continue with this class.
0: Yeah, and I mean you're seeing it as a whole. Though, like I said, you have the two signings, both guards, and I believe both commitments for 2025 mm-hmm. um, are guards as well. So they're really you can see where they're focusing. Uh, Gillespie seems to have a talent for developing guards. No um, she was a guard herself, obviously at North Carolina State. So yeah, no, definitely. Definitely a lot of exciting signings here um, for the Redbirds. Like I said, 42 as a whole across all the sports. Um, A big week uh, for the Redbirds and ISU Athletics as a whole. Um, I think that's it for me. Anything Mm -hmm. else from you, Reed? That's all I got. All right. Well, uh, like I said, a big weekend ahead. Um, Football hosts Murray State. Um, Volleyball travels to Southern Illinois and Missouri State. Um, and then men's basketball, St. Louis, women's basketball, Green Bay. So a big weekend ahead. Um, Make sure to follow along on our Twitter accounts at the underscore Vidette and at Viddy underscore sports, and we will talk to you guys again next week.